Let us be attentive. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to Titus. Let us be attentive. Titus, my son, the saying is sure. I desire you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to apply themselves to good deeds. These are excellent and profitable to men. But avoid stupid controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. As for a man who is factious, after admonishing him once or twice, knowing that such a person is perverted and sinful, he is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing, and let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds so as to help cases of urgent need and not to be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Read these who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. Amen. Peace be with you, the reader. arise let us hear the Holy Gospel peace be with you all the reading is from the Holy Gospel according to st. Matthew let us be attentive The Lord said to his disciples, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then relaxes one of the least of these commandments, 
and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But he who does them and teaches them shall be he called great in the kingdom of heaven. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is an old saying, early from the last century, when I am surrounded by darkness, I don't curse it. I just light my candle. This is because the light of one tiny candle can pierce and destroy the blackness that envelops it. There's also the story I read of a man who was at sea, and he noticed that someone had been thrown overboard. He simply shone a light on the waters, thereby spotting the drowning man's hand just above the surface, and so he was rescued. A small deed, a little light, saved a man's life. Now when Jesus was speaking to his followers, St. Matthew reports to us the following about the greatest sermon ever preached. Of course, the Sermon on the Mount. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up on a mountain, and he was seated with his disciples, and they came to him. Then he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt and light, brothers and sisters, that is what our Lord has said we are. Because of its preservative powers and its necessity for life and its ability to give flavor, salt has had a religious and sacrificial significance throughout the ages. For example, in Job chapter 6, verse 6, we read, can flavorless food be eaten without salt? Well, I love salt, and I know the answer to this rhetorical question is certainly no. In Leviticus 2.13, again, the Lord says, And every offering of your grain offerings you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offerings. With all of your offerings, you shall offer salt. And in 2 Kings 2.21, it says, Then Elisha went to the spring of undrinkable waters and threw salt in it, and said, Thus says the Lord, 
I have made this water wholesome. Henceforth, neither death nor barrenness shall come from it. As the salt of the earth, Christians are preservers of God's covenant and give proper flavor to society. Now, as an aside, speaking of preservation, today we commemorate those 630 holy and God-bearing fathers of the Fourth Ecumenical Council of 451, who as salt and as light, as great luminaries as the hymn spoke of them, about them, preserved and radiated the apostolic teaching on the person of Jesus Christ. In summary, they declared dogmatically and officially the following statement of faith from that council. And so, they wrote, following the Holy Fathers, we confess one and the same our Lord Jesus Christ, and we all teach as one that he is perfect in divinity and he is perfect in humanity, truly God and truly man, the same of a reasonable soul and body, of one essence with the Father in Godhead and the same of one essence with us in manhood. Like us in all things except sin, begotten before the ages of the Father in the Godhead, the same one in these last days and for our salvation, born of Mary the Virgin Theotokos in the manhood, one and the same Christ, Son, Lord, unique, recognized in two natures, unconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably. The difference of natures being by no means taken away because of the union, but rather the distinctive character of each nature being preserved, combining in one person and hypostasis not divided or separated into two persons, but one and the same Son and only begotten God, Word, Lord, Jesus Christ. As the prophets of old and the Lord Jesus Christ himself have taught in this regard, and as the creed of the fathers has handed down to us, this is the faith of the fathers. A beautiful statement from those 630 hierarchs of our church. Now returning to our main point, as we quoted from 2 Kings, like Elisha, who transformed the bitter water with salt in addition to preserving the apostolic faith, the salt of the gospel life that we live can cure the bitter waters of our surrounding culture and to those who are around us. However, salt can become worthless if it loses its saltiness, as Jesus himself warns us. Any church that adapts itself so completely to the secular world around it that its distinctive calling is forgotten has rendered itself useless. Its salt has become tasteless and void of any meaningful transformative power. In a society that is becoming so widely and deeply unchristian, 
our Lord expects us to live, as St. Paul says in Philippians, blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of this world, declares our Lord Jesus Christ. Now in the great novel, Brothers Karmazov, there is a holy elder named Zosimas, and he shares this rather indicting wisdom. The criminal, criminal in your community may be less guilty for his crime than you. For you, his Christian neighbor, could have been a light to that evildoer. Yet you were not, for the man remained beside you in his darkness. Had you been the kind of example you ought to have been, and shone your lantern on that man's path, perhaps he might not have stumbled into murder. If you had loved your neighbor as yourself and lavished upon him some of the care you generously lavish upon yourself, shared some of the warmth God has privileged you to possess, that murderer might have changed in time. Brothers and sisters, again, we are called to be the salt of this earth, the light of the world, because Jesus Christ himself is to shine through the very life that we lead. We are not to conform to society, but transform society by conforming ourselves to the will and the ways of God. We are called to reflect not the standards and the practices of the culture around us, but the standards of the gospel truth. We are in the world and not of this world, as our Lord has told us, to be the salt and the light of the whole earth to all mankind. The Gulf Stream is in the ocean, and we know it, but it is not really a part of it. It maintains its own warm temperatures, even in the icy waters of the North Atlantic. It creates a climate of its own wherever it goes, and we are to do the same. St. Paul says in Ephesians, once you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We are called as disciples, as students and pupils of Jesus Christ to create and maintain this divine climate wherever we go. This is the task of every Christian because you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world because of Christ who lives in us. Remember what the evangelist John tells us about the incarnation of the Son of God at the very beginning of his gospel. The light has come into the world and the darkness did not overcome it. And remember the call of the priest to all of those gathered at the service of the resurrection. Come receive the light from the light that is never overtaken by night. Be light in the darkness Brothers and sisters, be the hope, be the love, be the savory seasoning of the gospel, truth in this world, as Christ our God has declared us to be.
To him be the power and the glory and the worship forever. Amen.